couple of weeks, God's been stirring on my heart over the last few weeks about His goodness. And you know, the thing of it is, I'm thinking, well, uh, how do you preach about His goodness? You know, we all know God is good. But then I got thinking, oh, there's a whole bunch of little things that God is so good. And, and sometimes we don't even recognize His goodness in our lives. And we need to. But I want to start today with something that one of the things that we have to understand, to understand His goodness, we're going to have to understand who we are. We need to know who we are in Christ. We, we've got to get a hold of that. Because too many, we're making, we're making circumstances and problems too big, way bigger than what they should be in God's sight. And so the title of this message, am I ringing? Yeah, you can turn them guys down or me down, whatever you got to do. So the title of this message, I'll give you in a second. Is anybody dealing with stuff today? Anyone feeling overwhelmed with stuff? Or am I the only one? Um, is anybody maybe struggling with stuff today? It could be any kind of stuff, big stuff, little stuff. Do you know that the stuff you're struggling with, somebody else may say, well, that's not a struggle. It's all relative to what you're going through. It may be big to you, not big to somebody else, but somebody else isn't going what you're going through. You know, my daughter, she stresses out over a test in high school. I'm like, yeah, that's nothing. Well, to her, it's big something. You know, you got kids getting ready to go off to college. Yeah. But see, I've already been through that, so I know it's not a big deal, but to them it's a big deal. So it's all relative. Everybody's going through stuff. If you're going through stuff, then you're in the right place today. And I'm in the right place today. And I've got the right message today. Now, here's what happens. Here's the title of the message. And, and however you put the emphasis on this changes the whole context of the message. Who do you think that you are? Now, I could say, who do you think you are? Whole different connotation. My question is, who do, you th who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? That's, that's a good answer. And I want you to think about that. Who, who do you think you are in your circumstance? And I'm going to get, I'm, this is going somewhere, believe it or not. See, because if you think of yourself as helpless, hopeless, lost, forgotten, powerless, Guess what the enemy does? The enemy puts those thoughts in there, and pretty soon you start meditating on it. Pretty soon you start believing it. Pretty soon you start confessing it. And then pretty soon that's what you are. You are convinced that I'm hopeless, helpless, lost, powerless, and these, these circumstances are just running my life. It's time for that to stop. We can't have circumstances running because circumstances are going to come and circumstances are going to go. And once circumstances are going, everybody says, thank God I'm through that. Guess what? Another set of circumstances are coming. As long as you're breathing, there's going to be circumstances. Good ones, bad ones, it doesn't matter. But you need to start seeing yourself differently in these circumstances. We need to remember who you really are in Christ. You see, a what we've done is you've got to ask yourself, is the Lord big enough to deal with my stuff? Or have you decided that your stuff is too big for God because it's too big for you? If it's too big for you, you're in a good position, believe it or not. Because, you know, I've always said this, at the end of you... It's the beginning of God. When I can't do it anymore, God has to. And whether you like it or not, that's where he wants you, depending on him. Now, he'll obviously he'll ask you to do some things, and there's some things that you need to do. you know. But when you get to the end of yourself, 
where I can't do this, that's where the Lord will be. And He will do what He needs to do in you. So, what's bigger in your sight, the Lord or your stuff? Too many times we make the Lord too small. See, the enemy's going to try to fill your head and your life with thoughts telling you that you lack, you don't have enough, you don't have this, you don't have that, when the Word of God is telling you something else. You get to decide today which one are you going to believe, which one's going to manifest in your life, and which one are you going to follow. You get to choose that. Now, some people say, well, I'm not following the devil, I'm doing my own thing. If you're not doing God's thing, you're doing somebody else's thing. And as last I heard, there's only two... Here's the thing. There's only one great, quote, quote, cosmic force in the universe. That's Jesus. That's the Lord. Understand Satan was created. He's not this great, uh, no, Lord takes care of him just like that. We have the same power in us, the same authority in us. We shouldn't be allowing circumstances to run us crazy. We should be running circumstances crazy. Now, I want you to understand, let me put a qualifier on that. I say that. And it's really easy for me to be up here and, and saying that, and you're, some of you are sitting down there saying, yeah, but man, you don't understand. I'm not saying it's easy. It's a fight. It's a struggle. It's not an easy thing to do, but it's a possible thing to do because of the Lord, and we'll get into that in a minute. Proverbs 23 and verse 6 says, well, I'll go to verse 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks, so is he. But I want to go now to Numbers chapter 13 in verse 26 and verse through 33. And I'm going to talk a little bit um, first before, I, before we get into this. Moses, the Israelites had come out of Egypt. The Lord was sending them to the promised land. Right to the promised land. Now the whole journey the Lord had provided. He provided water out of a rock. He, he gave them manna from fresh manna from heaven every day. He took them through this wilderness, this whole journey. They got right to the promised land. And then Moses said, hey, I'm going to send spies into the land. Because the Lord told them, this is the land I provided for you. This is the land that I promised you. How many know that God keeps his word? Even when we don't, he does. When he says it's this way, that's the way it is. You can argue with him all you want to. I've tried. doesn't work. At the end of the day, God's God. And anybody that knows me knows that I've argued with God. But it, always, it never works. Now, so now in verse 26, so they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all of the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them, to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. They told them and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is his fruit. It was big fruit. And, and, and it, was, it was exactly what God said. How many of you know that this word of God is exactly what God said and what he says in it he means? So when we look at this thing, it's just like the promised land. It's true. It's what God said. It's what he says he will do, he will do in here. What he says he won't do, he won't do in here. What he says you should do in here, you should do in here. What he says you shouldn't do in here, you shouldn't do in here. It's pretty simple. All right? So, but here's what happened. Nevertheless, and I'll get word back to that word nevertheless in a minute. The people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jezebites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. 
There was a whole lot of things that the Israelites looked at in the natural and said, there are evil people there. These are the people that want us dead. They're trying to kill us. And moreover, we saw these giants in the land. And so we see that, God, you promised this land to us. But you know what? Our circumstances are too big. We can't do this. So I'll read on. You didn't like that one? I'll keep moving. Understand, the promises of God are yes and amen. Nothing is going to change that. Either you step into them or you don't. That's completely up to you. But now I want to go to verse 31 in Numbers 13, and it says, but. Now, I want to tell you about that word. We've talked about that word before. When you say but, you've just erased everything you said before. The land, it flows with milk and honey, but. Okay, now I'm going to step aside for about 30 seconds. I'm going to do marriage counseling for all those people that are married and those that think they want to get married someday. Be very careful with that word. Okay? Honey, you look great today, but you're in trouble. Men, you are in trouble. But now, but now women, help us out. Don't come and ask us, honey, how do I look in this dress? That's a loaded question for a man. How are we supposed to answer that? Because many we say, you look great. Well, no, I don't. I think I look fat. So here's how you answer it. How do you think you look, honey? And I agree with them. So, exactly. It's called wisdom. But, but so here's what they said. Yes, it flows with milk and honey. And there's, but they started, instead of looking at the blessings of God, they started looking looking at all the circumstances surrounding that blessing and talk themselves right out of it. And here's what it says. But the men who had gone up with him said, we're not able to go up against the people. They're stronger than we are. And they gave, and they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they spied out, saying the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. It means it's huge, big. And all the people whom we saw there are men of great stature. Again, they're looking in the natural. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Annex, Goliath, come from the giants. And look at this. Look at this statement. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. I'm just a Christian. I, can't, I don't have any authority or any power to do anything. And guess what? And so we were in their sight. We were just grasshoppers in our own sight, so guess what we are to them? Grasshoppers. See, what happens is that word but brings fear and doubt. I know God's capable, but. No, God's capable. No, God's able. And guess what? I'm going to stand on that. I'm going to stand on that. Yes, we may have doubts, and we may have, and again, to be able to just tell everybody, all you got to do is believe what I'm telling you and it'll all go smooth. It's not always going to go smooth. It's not all going to go smooth. You are going to have to fight. You know? I met a gentleman, you know, Will this morning. Strong man. Muscles. I like those kind of guys and I ask him, if I get mouthy up here, will you protect me? He says, yeah. So I'm feeling pretty good about myself right now. But see, the thing of it is, is that if you think you're a grasshopper, that's how people see you. As Christians, understand the God that dwells in us is powerful. He's big. He's mighty. 
the Spirit of God that dwells in us is mighty to pull down those strongholds, to stand against the enemy, no matter what the circumstances look like. Now, I'm not telling you that uh, I'm going to confess this. I'm going to stand on the Word of God. I'm going to confess the Word of God. I'm going to believe the Word of God, and it's instantly going to go. Sometimes it will. Sometimes it's just a fight, and you've got to stand and stand and stand and stand. You want to talk about standing? Talk to this gal right here. She knows all about standing through circumstances. It didn't look good. You might even get a bad report. Didn't matter to her. That's what the Word of God says. That's what I'm going to believe. I'll go through all the steps necessary that I'm supposed to, but I'm still trusting God with all of it. That's where you have to stand. That's where we have to live. So they saw themselves as small, and the problem is too big. How many times do we look in our lives and look at the problem and say, it's too big? It may very well be too big for you, but is it too big for the Lord? See, that's what the enemy tries to get you to deceive you into believing that, no, this problem's too big for even God. Not so. Maybe too big for us, but not for the Lord. Here's the other part of that that people have got to understand. So many times I set myself up for failure in my own mind because I have an expectation of how I think this should work out. This is what I think it should look like. This is how I think it should happen. This is what I think it should feel like. And if it doesn't happen that way, I'm all bummed out. Well, God, where were you? I, I t- just trust God. Let him work it out. I have found more times in my life it works out nothing like what I thought it would or should, but it works out because God's got a way of doing it his way. And it may seem left-handed to us, but in the middle of that, guess who learns something? I do. Oh, I guess what? I just have to trust you with this, God. You will work it out your way. And trust and believe and rejoice when he does even if it isn't done exactly the way you think it should be. Now, they forgot that the Lord had given them the land. The Lord's given us blessings. He's given us authority. He's given us power. It's all through the word of God. It's right in here. He's given it to us. The enemy's trying to convince you to give it away. How many times do we see ourselves too small? The children of Israel, who did, they, who did they think they were in that particular situation? They thought they were too small. Too... These are the same people that God, and I want you to remember back. Do you remember all those little things that God brought you through? Do you remember when you were believing God for something and all of a sudden it manifested, maybe not the way you wanted, but all of a sudden it worked out and you were rejoicing and believing God? Do you remember when they wanted water and they got water? Do you remember they wanted you know, manna and manna, and, and, you know, they wanted quail, they got quail. God provided, right? All the way to the thing where he said, I'm giving you this. They stopped right there and looked at the circumstances and said, the God that brought us through all of this, that delivered us out of bondage, is not big enough to fulfill his promise to us. He's big enough to fulfill this word of God in your life. So, Joshua and Caleb are the only two that brought back a good report, and they're the only two in that generation that ever went on into the promised land. Do not, do not, do not, do not give the enemy your blessings. Don't let him stop you from your promised land, whatever that is. See, I want to tell you something. I'm going to make a statement and listen to this carefully. In our circumstances, whatever you're going through, and listen, I know some of them are big and they're hard. I know this. I know a lot of you, and I know what you're going through. 
And I'm not trying to make light of this or make it easy, but I know God. I know our God. If you don't have a relationship to Jesus Christ, with Jesus Christ, none of this is for you. I'm just sorry to tell you that. But outside of Christ, none of this is going to work. Here, now listen to this. You need, we need, as believers, we need to remember the Christ in us. Okay? Remember who you are in Christ and remember the Christ that is in us. That's what we need to remember when we're going through circumstances. There was a young man named David. He knew who he was in Christ or in God. He trusted God. We need to do the same. 1 Samuel 17, verse 34. Also remember the power of God that's delivered you from things before. When it didn't look like there was any way for things to happen in your life, and all of a sudden you found the favor of God, and it worked. Remember those times when we're in those times of struggle. It says in 1 Samuel 17, 34, But David said to Saul, now I'll set this up, Saul and his army, King Saul and his army, were standing on one side. Goliath and their army were standing on the other side. And Goliath would go out every day and say, Hey, send me a man, and we're going to fight. And whoever wins, the other one will submit to that army and be their slaves. Paraphrase. Okay? Every day. But because of the stature of Goliath, and he being a man of war and, and all these big things, they were afraid to stand against Goliath. So Saul, or um, David, who had just been, you know, he was just a shepherd boy out in the field taking care of the, his dad's sheep, wanted to get up there and see what was going on, so his father sent him some, with some supplies for his brothers that were up there. Well, when he got up here, this 16, 17, 15-year-old young man, at any rate, saw what was going on and was just not happy about that. And here's what he said in verse 34. But David said to Saul, because <clears throat> he told Saul, hey, I will go fight this giant. Saul looked at him and said, Psh, you're just a kid. This guy's been a warrior, a, a man of war since his childhood. You're just a child. What are you doing? What are you talking about? This is what David said. But David said to Saul, in verse 34, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. All right, I'm going to stop right there for a second. What has God brought you through where you have had victories? Remember that. Remember that. Do you think that the God that brought you through those victories is just going to leave you now, right when you're on the verge? No. Okay, and so here's what it says. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine, this evil one, will be like one of them. I mean, he's talking smack to the enemy. He's telling the leader, hey, this thing right here, do you know, what I've, you know what my God's done in my life? This thing will be just like one of those things. God will take care of it for me. What do we got to do? Be obedient. And it says, seeing that he is... Now look at this. This is very important. 
He defied the armies of the living God. When the enemy comes, he is defying God himself, the God in you. That should make us say, hey, wait a second. I've got the authority here. He, and it says, moreover, David said, the Lord, the Lord. We can say the word, the word of God will deliver me. He says, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Wow. So what did Saul say? Go, and the Lord be with you. Now, he was the king. He should have been the one doing it. He should have been, had that kind of faith. But, you know, God will send whoever God, God will send, and, and whoever my thing is, anybody that will obey God, that's who he'll send. Doesn't matter who. If you'll obey him, he'll send you. Remember the goodness of God in your life. Remember all that he's brought you to. Remember that he's still in you. Remember that he's still with you, that he'll never leave you or forsake you. Trust the Lord, not your circumstances. Okay, in 1 Samuel 17, and I'm going to go to 45, and I want to make this statement to you, and you might want to even maybe write this down because I thought it was really good, but maybe it was just for me. Declare the Lord to your situation. Or if you want to break it down, declare the word of the Lord to your situation. But you know what we do? We declare the problem over and over and over and over until we have got ourselves convinced with the enemy's help that this problem is too big. Declare the word of the Lord over your problem, over your circumstance, over your situation. That's exactly what David did. He declared the, the Lord in that situation. The Lord will deliver me in this situation. He didn't go around saying, woo, he's a big one. He's a pretty, he's a pretty strap, strapping, hunky guy. I don't think I can take him. He declared the Lord to the situation, not the situation, to the Lord. Now, and then David, I love David. I mean, I don't know if you're allowed to use this word in church, but he was cocky, man. He was. I mean, you think about it. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin. You got all your stuff. I'm glad. I come in the name of the Lord. Woo. So go ahead. Get all your armor on. Now, if you know, if I back up a little bit, Saul was so excited about David to, go do, David to go do this fight that he said, hey, put on my armor. David tried it on, but he hadn't tested it, which means he, he, he didn't train in it. He didn't know how to use it. And he said, no, I, I took it off. And I didn't write this down. I have a whole message based on using what God's given you. But I truly believe if David would have put on Saul's armor and tried to go fight, he'd have probably been killed. Why? You have. God has given you everything you need to defeat the enemy in your circumstances, being who and what you are. You don't have to be the pastor. You don't have to be an elder. You don't have to be some. No, God, the Holy Spirit, has already given you everything you need to conquer your circumstance right where you're at. I mean, I want you to think about that. Hey, big mouth, I'm coming. I'm not even wearing armor. I'm bringing it today. I'm going to read it because I'm getting excited about this. I'll be spitting on stuff. It'll be bad. 
Here's what he said. He's talking, he's talking smack to him. You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of the host, the God of the armies of Israel, who you defy. This day, O mighty one, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. He declared the Lord to the problem and said, this is what's going to happen. This is what the word of God says is going to happen. So this is what's going to happen. We declare to the enemy. No, this is the way it is, dude. You know, and it's all right to talk smack to the enemy because we have the authority over him. We've just got to remember how big God is. And you know the story. So he says, hey, you come to me with all this big armor? I'm going to go find me a rock. I'm going to take you out. I mean, can you imagine the scene? I mean, today that would be like somebody walking in, full body armor, man, full automatic weapons, and I, you know, I pick up a little rock. Boom, down they go. You see, when we face those circumstances in the name of the Lord and the, the authority and the power that is within us, guess what? People will see that. And people will be freed by that. They will. This was a manifestation of the power of God. Well, they didn't have any problem. Once Goliath went down, man, the armies attacked. That, it was over then. But a whole army, the whole Philist, or the whole um, the army of the Israelites were stopped dead because they looked at the circumstance in the natural and forgot about all that God had delivered them from and brought them through and did for them and told them it's right there. But what happens, we get right to the point where God's saying, hey, I'm ready to bless you, and circumstances come and immediately back right down from it and say, well, I guess it just wasn't meant to be. Now, maybe, so, maybe God closes doors, but if I know that God's told me something, if I have to fight to get there, I'm going to get there because I know that's where the blessing's at, in obeying him. All they, had to do, all they had to do was say, we don't care what it looks like. We're marching in there bold. And I just believe that they'd have marched in there bold. If armies had to drop dead because they were coming against the Lord, that's what would happen. Look how many battles they won all the way up to there. And then they said, God can't do it. Now, I, got you, I want you to understand something. David didn't have the book. He didn't know what the end was going to be. All he knew is... God delivered me from this and that, and the Lord's going to deliver me from this guy too. He didn't have the end of the book saying, oh yeah, I won by a stone. I hit him with a stone. He was being obedient to God. That's all we can do in our lives. The, the benefit we have is we have the word of God that we can say, hey, you know what? I can apply this to my situation. And, and why do we talk about confessing the word of God? Well, that's just kind of, that kind of sounds stupid to me. You got to convince yourself sometimes. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing the word of God. So we need to hear the word of God. Because so many things go through our head that we get a hold of and it just loops. And then pretty soon you're talking about the problem, the problem, the problem, the problem. And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Talk about the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord to that circumstance. Well, what if it doesn't change? Well, what if it does? Well, what if it doesn't? I guarantee you, even if your circumstance doesn't change the way you think you want it to, your attitude about your circumstance will change. I'll give you a perfect example. I hate my job. Start being thankful that you have a job. See if that doesn't change your attitude. Now, I'm not saying, hey, there's some jobs that are hard. I get it. And there's some people that are at jobs that are demon-possessed people. I get that too. But understand, 
the greater one still lives in you. And God will, will, God will give you wisdom. He'll, you'll be able to get a peace, or he'll open a door for you to get out of there. Either way, the Lord is the one that will do it if you rely on him. But if you're anything like me, there's been times in my life where I just get in the flesh and I just start rampaging and fighting, and that never goes well. Declare the Lord to your situation. See, the enemy comes with all these weapons, and we tend to look at the circumstances instead of the Lord. Because you know to the Lord our circumstances are pretty minuscule. And I want to close with this. In Ephesians 6.10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. What a kicker. Let me see. We receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit moves in. We're a new creation. He gives us all this power to do all these things. And then we don't even have to do it in our own strength. We do it in the power of his might. What a deal. So exactly what is it that we have to do? Get out of the way and obey. Wow. And we mess that up pretty good. <laughs> That's our fight. Just being obedient to God. You wanna, if you want to talk about the, the power of confessing and praying the word of God over your life, talk to this young lady right here. Isn't that right? You know all about that. In the next few weeks, I'm going to drag you up here to give your testimony, if that's all right with you. Because it is powerful. We're talking about manifestations of miracles and healing. She is a walking miracle. And if you, once you hear her testimony, you'll understand what I'm talking about. And guess what it had to do with? It had to do with people that really, I'm sharing a little bit of your testimony right now, that really didn't know too much about confession, but a mom that just got a hold of it and went to a church one time that heard a little bit about it and started confessing the word of God over her daughter. They confessed the word of God, and it manifested. Wow. And, and like we said before, that should be the norm, not the exception if we'll continue to do it. And listen, I understand. And, and, and again, there's not a formula to this. Get, hear me. I'm not saying, well, you just do this and it's all going to go. Sometimes it takes, it takes some time. Sometimes it is a fight. Sometimes it manifests in a ways that maybe we don't quite understand or didn't come out the way we thought it should. Okay? And, and I'll, give you, I'll give you an example. Well, we've got a live example right here. You have a car accident and, yeah, you're a little bit injured and, you think, well, God, where were you? You're not dead, are you? Yes. The protection of the Lord. Well, well, I had an accident. Yeah, well, I understand that, but you're not dead. Give, give the Lord his due. We too often confess what the enemy is doing and not what the Lord is going to do or can do. And I'm telling you, if we get a hold of this, and here's the great thing about it. We don't even have to make anything happen. We feel bad if we lay hands on somebody who don't get healed. It's not up to me. I do the laying on of hands and trust God, and I believe that he's going to, and, and we're going to see, I believe, those kinds of manifestations. But it comes down to trusting the God that's in us, believing the God that he's going to do what he says he's going to do, and then allowing him to do it. Yes. Allowing him to do it. We stop him a lot of times. Well, you know, should I, shouldn't I? 
If you're worried about being embarrassed because... Here's my thing. I don't have any problem challenging God. God, I'm going to do exactly what you said. Now it's up to you. If somebody has a problem with me, I'll just say they must have a problem with you. I'm not taking ownership of that. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. God will do his part. I guarantee you. Because he's not a God that can lie. And if it's in his word, there it is. And if he says the greater one is in us than it's in the world, then it is. If it says that the Holy Spirit, these manifestations can happen, then it will happen. When you come in those circumstances, you need to speak the Lord to those circumstances and stand. So I'm going to ask you where I started. Who do you think you are? I'm a rip-roaring, on-fire-for-God, demon-chasing, Bible-thumping man of God. And don't be afraid to serve notice to the enemy. I'm done playing games. And anybody around you wants to play games? Get rid of them. You don't need games. The hour we're living in, this is where we're going to have to live. We're going to have to understand who we are in Christ. And then I'm going to talk, start talking about the goodness of God. He is so good to us. And so many times we forget to be thankful for the blessings that we have. And I'm going to go back, and I am closing with it, really. I'll go back to that job. I don't like my job. I hate my job. I remember, I remember one time complaining about a job that I had had. And it wasn't somebody, but the Lord really, really checked me hard on this. And he said, do you remember when you pleaded and you prayed and you begged me for this job? I said, yeah. Then why aren't you thankful for what I provided? And he said, you be thankful until I open the door for you to move on. And he did eventually. But I had to get my heart right before he was taking me anywhere. Don't think that just because you're disgruntled that God owes you something. He is way more interested in your heart and where your attitude is than anything else. So we can be thankful. You can be thankful for the church. You can be thankful for your pastor. That'll help you stop being disgruntled, being critical. Not that you are. I love you guys. You guys are the best. I, I pastor the two greatest churches in the state of Michigan. And if they're in the state of Michigan, probably in the United States. And if they're in the U.S., probably the world. So you guys are number one. Love you guys. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you. Lord, I know that people are dealing with circumstances. Lauren, give me some music. If, people, if, if some of you are dealing with some circumstances that you want some prayer today, I'm going to open the altar today. I'm going to pray and dismiss you. But if you want to stick around, um, we'll get, get some elders up here and we'll pray for you. Father, we know that people deal with circumstances, but I pray that they see themselves as you see them, that they are conquerors, that they're overcomers, that they are mighty, and they will begin to speak the word of God to that circumstance, and that circumstance will come down. And we thank you for that. Lord, help us to see who we really are in you, and that we are mighty in you, and that you're mighty in us. So we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' powerful name. Amen and amen. Well, God bless you guys. Have a great spring day. Remember, I wore yellow. Faith statement, faith statement. Summer's coming. But if you need some prayer, please come and see us.